Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins hockey talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 301, officially uh, the Boston Bruins 2022-23 season. Always joining me every week is my boy, Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin, what's up, buddy? How much, man? Bruins hockey's back, baby. Oh, dude, 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 dude. It was, it, it was a fast offseason for me because we, we always try to keep busy here at the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. And hockey's always on my mind and, and, and oh, others that others that work with us other colleagues and passionate Bruins fans. But when we all interact like that and get stuff done, uh, cr- you know, creating content and blah, 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 time goes by pretty fast, but mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's a exciting time of the year. You know, um, the, the Boston Bruins are, are two games in and we're going to talk about exciting times to be honest with you. And, um, and something that I didn't quite see with, 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 uh, you know, there's some injuries and, um, you know, surgeries over the off season that people are recovering from. So, but uh, we get a new coach, new voice, and so on. So it's just it's just a new feeling, and I and I, I dig it. I dig it. I like what's going on so far. I'm not going to poo poo on the idea and just say that you know, hey, it's not mid season yet. We're really not in the playoff picture, and you know th- those types of people. I know it, I know it's suffering, but you know it sucks. The internet is always undefeated. Remember that, my friend. Yeah. Um, but no, it's an exciting time. The Boston Bruins are back, and and we're getting some uh, really good opportunities, uh, you know, to cover this team, um, you know, uh, up close and so on. So uh, exciting for what's what's to come this year, my man, and uh, and exciting to talk about these live games. Absolutely, I'm thrilled to be talking about it. We're back for another season. This is going to be the season of all seasons. I mean, we're going hard this year, and it's going to be a long ride. So let's buckle up and get to it. 
Absolutely. This is season seven, episode 301. So um, it, it's just exciting to be uh, to keep this uh, this uh, content train rolling. And I love talking bees with you. And shout out to Dom Tiano, uh, who I hear is getting a little better day by day. Hopefully we'll get him back on the pod as soon as possible because I miss I miss that freaking guy. I really do. Mm, me too. All right. Uh, I do want to mention some uh, some housekeeping stuff uh, real quick. Uh, uh, we, I apologize to the YouTube viewers. Um, if you happen to listen to this podcast and also go on to YouTube platform to watch this podcast, um, I, I'm having really bad uh, video problems with uh, with editing and, and capturing a two hour program and I'm only getting 33 minutes. If anybody knows any video editors out there for hire, uh, please contact me, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. Let me know what you can do for us because I certainly appreciate it because I don't have time to to be frustrated with all this extra freaking technology crap. I do want to mention uh, the Patreon thing. A lot of people are reaching out asking me when we are going to draw that. And uh, I just want to give a heads up uh, to begin the show. If, if folks don't, you know, stay till the end. We do have a Patreon account. We're giving away these four items. This is a Ray Bork prize bundle. And to become a member on Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate $1 per episode. And at the end of the month, you could win this Bork prize bundle so it, it's a fantastic time of the year we're welcoming back hockey and uh we want to um you know give back to our financial supporters because they're they're amazing people um and also i want to just uh, mention that we are continuing to look for more content creators so if this is something that you'd be interested in you know, please send me a, a cover letter, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. If you want to start a podcast as an individual or with family and friends, or want to become a website writer with credentialed opportunities, as uh, our boy and BNG colleague Jim Swindells uh, joined me at the uh, at the new Amica Mutual Pavilion as a media member up in the press box for Friday's game. We'll talk about that later on. But we have great opportunities for for content creators to get close to some of these um, these professional hockey organizations. So let me know if you want to join Growing Crew. So we have a lot of fun. New equipment's already messing up. Speaking <laughs> of new equipment, I got my new office for you YouTube video guys. I mean, it looks got the awesome. new office, the new setup. So, you know, got it brand new. Everything is looking good. I still got a lot of work to do in here, but um, I'm excited to have my own space. I'm going to be my, – my audio is going to get better because I'm going to be getting some, you know – um soundproofing panels to deaden the sound and all that it's a nice. work in progress but um i'm very excited for it and we're getting ready for the new season so you gotta kind of you know make things new make things fresh and i'm excited absolutely hey and and shooter mcgavin will be thrilled to not see that dougie hamilton jersey up there anymore at mark <laughs> the diy lynn home jersey that's right remember <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I know, home. but Shooter always gives me that heads up on the uh, on the uh, YouTube um, uh, thread. He's always telling me to tell you to get rid of yeah. that jersey. We're rocking Marshan, Bergeron, uh, Pasternak, Hall. Uh, we got a Ginla behind me nice. and Coil. So that's nice. what we're rocking. That's what we got. So awesome. that's it. I'll be getting a Krejci one up there this year, though. There so. you go. 
All right, um, let's get right into these topics. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. It's a really exciting time for us as we're moving forward into the 2022-23 Boston Bruins season. So let's talk about Media Day. It was last Monday. We're going to talk about all the news from the from the uh, week past, if you're new here and so on. But Media Day was held at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. And forward Brad Marchand and defenseman Charlie McAvoy discussed their recoveries and possible return timeline. Both mentioned they're eager to participate, but also understand it's a process and don't want to jeopardize recovery. Thoughts on that, being eager to get back on the ice and help your team, um, you know, because we are shorthanded and, uh, and you know, these are very valuable members of our, of our organization. Um, but, you know, it, it, is it, we don't want to rush them. Is that, is that completely true? Yeah, I think what they said is spot on. Um, you're seeing... Like they said, they're eager to get in, get in there and help the team play. I think that's great, um, but they're not going to do that at a cost of, um, you know, further injuring themselves and putting themselves out longer than they, you know, could be. Um, I think they're putting in a lot of hard work to make that happen sooner rather than later. And when we see them, it's just going to be that much better. And it's going to feel almost like our own deadline, you know, our own trade trade deadline kind of, you know, in that November end of November area where they both are kind of aiming at being in the lineup. And um, I, I think it's great. I think um, this team is definitely going to be able to do more than stay above water. As we initially thought, I think they're going to be able to be right in the thick of things a lot better of a start to the season than even last year. I think we're going to be trending towards. So I'm excited and uh, the depth is going to be tested early, but I think that's a good thing, especially when you're going after a cup. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and, you know, keep in mind that that trend of uh, Thanksgiving and that's technically kind of where I'm gravitating these thoughts from McAvoy and and uh, and, and uh, Marchand to when I'm thinking about their timelines of return. And and that's when a lot of people, a lot of analysts, even us, I, I, I would have to say you too, Kevin, that you gauge the Thanksgiving holiday as like a kind of a catalyst of where this team could end up in the postseason. So mm-hmm. having these guys return right around that time, even earlier than, than possible mid to late December, um, you know, theories out there, it is just a good thing. And what we're seeing so far this time, their additions are going to be very welcoming. And, and, and the, the process of building a Jim Montgomery system of four lines of depth has been exciting thus far. We'll talk about it later on, but it's just, it's just, I really didn't see the start happening like this on paper. You know, the preseason was a little iffy. I know um, players are trying to gauge their, you know, jockeying for position to to secure a roster spot and so on. The last game, the preseason game, when the full crew was on, I was a little disappointed in their effort, which kind of made me think that we might have a little bit of a rough start going mm-hmm. into the into the first game. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that later on again. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling good right now. Um, but Unfortunately, you know, the, uh, during the week, there was an, uh, a moment through the uh, Boston Bruins organization where it wasn't so um, so nice. And uh, on Tuesday, October 11th, uh, the Boston Bruins announced that the organization lost one of their own. These uh, team chef Keith Garman passed away while uh, the team was on the road in Washington and practicing at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, very unfortunate um, to hear about. Uh, this uh, family member of the Boston Bruins going down and then hearing um, a lot of the players 
uh, talking about him and, and his character and, and how he can personally lift them up as he saw these folks pretty much on a daily basis. So uh, it was a real touching ceremony. Uh, last night, I'll be at the, you know, at TD Garden for the first home game. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but this particular is, instance, you know, it, it just kind of hit home to, to everybody. Um, and, he, and, you know, Keith was born in 1988. That always hits me kind of hard, you know, 33 years old and so on. And, and um, I don't want to go into details and speculate just out of respect to the family, but I've got rumors about what kind of happened. But, and, and if, it's, if those are true, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel really bad, you know, but I don't want to speculate on anything like that out of, out of respect for the family. But, um, what are your thoughts on, on hearing something like this and, and just the, um, how the players sounded, you know, when these people are human beings and they're friends and their family, and it's not just a job. It's, it's sad. I mean, it, it, someone, especially someone that young, um, uh, who's, worked their tail off to get to where they are and is finally enjoying, um, you know, the fruit of what it was they were kind of uh, getting together there. It's, it's a really sad story. Um, I, I'm sure that he was very close with the team. I mean, he's cooking for them. You know, you gotta, you, I'll tell you one thing, whoever's cooking for me is my best friend. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. so I can only imagine not to make, you know, a laugh about the situation, but you know, it's, it's, um, and, and, you know, you talked about the ceremony. I know we're going to touch on that game a, a lot more. Uh, let's jump in ahead a little bit, but in that ceremony, one thing I did notice, they asked for a moment of silence and there was a select group of people during that moment of silence who thought it'd be hilarious to make stupid noises and just abrupt what you know what was going on and i just find that classless and if you're one of those fans doing that during that game grow up that's all i'm gonna yeah. say that's that's a classless a classless move um and i'm not for it and it doesn't represent the uh fan base and the people who um you know enjoy this sport here in boston absolutely we'll talk about another classic classless moment from this fan base later on when we talk about the home opener but um Moving on to a, the next topic, it's important for a lot of our listeners who happen to don't know what goes on in the salary cap world and so on, and when players are put on waivers. So um, earlier last week, uh, Nick Foligno, defenseman Mike Riley, and Chris Wagner were all placed on waivers, which which had happy thoughts and some questionable thoughts from particularly us as, as fans and so on. But the happy thoughts were to see that money being gone and so on. But that happiness to, for, to get rid of players that, that fans seem to think have no value here and need to be moved, and I get that we need to ha- had to be cap compliant and so on, which they did. They made the moves to be cap compliant. It all works out in the, in, the, in the long run. But when they got brought back and they were on in the lineup, that's when everybody was very confused. So uh, just to give a little bit of context, from, and I'm no professional at this, uh, but – it's a paper transaction. So this happens all the time, you know, uh, just because the waivers is a very serious thing. You can be picked up. Absolutely. They don't put players on waivers just for absolutely nothing. There's a purpose for all this. So um, they pass through, which we thought they were because they have higher salaries in the, in the league right now. 
uh, opposed to other players that are going through waivers that have lower salaries that might be a little more attractive to an organization, whether it be at the NHL level or their minor pro system. So to be to massage the salary cap, this had to happen. And, um, you know, a lot of people absolutely freaked out and blamed Sweeney for doing this and but no praise on on getting the 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 team cap compliant and you know and and not have to pay any fines or forfeit of games you know but no credit no credit there and i'm not a sweeney guy i'm not pumping this freaking guy's tires but i'm also just mentioning this because the fan base just educate yourselves a little bit better you know what i'm saying i mean i know i can i'm always a work in progress i'm always learning day by day about new things i, I love that shit about me i'm not an expert at this at all you know but I do my due diligence and kind of figure out where I need to go to find out information instead of firing from the hip all the time. Thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, luckily for us, we have Dom um, in the wings yes. Um, yes. who was able to instantly tell us exactly what this meant. Um, because I remember it kind of broke on last episode. We were at the end of our last episode and um, Gail, shout out to Gail. She was able to, um, yep she was able to be on Twitter at the moment and say, Hey guys, uh, Riley Wagner and Nick Felino are on waivers. We were like, what? So instant shock to it because at first we weren't really sure what was going on. Uh, we didn't really have time to digest it. Um, a couple tweets got thrown out saying like, Hey, I'm kind of shocked, you know, whatever. But then, you know, we were able to talk to Dom and Dom let us know exactly what Mark just let us know here, that it was just paper transactions getting cap compliant. And you're right. I mean, Sweeney deserves, um some praise for that i mean he you got you have to look you have to be able to look at any player or any situation in this league um with a little bit of black white and gray you know this black and white thinking on sweeney sucks or sweeney is great that's just not beneficial to yourself or anyone um there's got to be a gray area and that's where i sit with sweeney I don't think everything he does is great, but I also think he does do some things that are, that are really good and he's getting better. He really is. He's a far from that guy in 2015 that everyone still thinks he is and likes to complain about his drafts are better. His trades are better. Um, every GM in the league has bad contracts. They happen. It happens. You go out there, you say, this is what we need to address our team. What did we need last season to address our team? We need bottom six help. Yep. Nick Felino, perfect guy. Bottom six help. Perfect. This guy was a captain. The intangibles are fantastic. Yeah, he's got a little bit of injury stuff going on, but he also has been playing in the top six his whole career. He's going to be playing in the bottom six. He's going to have a reduced role. He's going to be able to, you know, flourish. Well, it didn't work out. And, and that is what it is. It didn't work out last season. We're not going to talk about so far this season yet, but, you know, it just is what it is. That doesn't mean Sweeney sucks at his job. It means that he's aggressive. And it means that he's going after the things that need to make this team a contender, which is what we all want. So at the end of the day, do I think he's the best GM ever? No. Do I think he's the worst GM ever? No. But cut him some slack. And this move here to become cap compliant for the reasons that you said is a great move. And I'm happy. Um, I don't believe they wished for, you know, at least Riley to be picked up. I don't, I don't think they wanted Riley to be picked up because as it's looking now, uh, Riley is actually perfect for what Montgomery is trying to do as far as engaging the defense. So I think that is a good thing that he didn't get picked up. Obviously, at some point, we're going to have to shed some salary to become cap compliant once we have some players making their way back in. 
but we'll figure that out when we get there and see where that needs to be. Yeah, and just to uh, to wrap up on on this conversation about these three players that were waived, you know, this is a motivating factor as well. You know, for these players, they got waived. It, they went through a twenty four hour process of of you know uh, a bit of a gray area of what where exactly you could end up if you got claimed. Now they're back, and they just that that is like a second chance. Let's mm-hmm. let's fucking go. Let's let's really push the uh, envelope here. Let's prove that we want to be here. Let's prove our value to the fans when it comes to cap numbers and so on. You know, it's just motivation right there. And, you know, like I said, we'll talk about it later on. But, um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, as as many think. All right. Why don't we just jump right into uh, the game? Uh, We've got about 10 minutes before I take our first uh, commercial break. Um, So the Boston Bruins opened their 99th season in the National Hockey League. Uh, on the nation's capital uh, and uh, faced the Washington Capitals. And that was on Wednesday night. Uh, Jakob, uh, Jacob, Jacob Lauko uh, makes his uh, debut, which is uh, very good. Did not see this coming through the offseason. Didn't see it coming through the past two years. Good on him for fighting through uh, and, and doing what he needs to do to get noticed this season. This is his last year of his entry-level contract. So, uh, it's going to be a big evaluation year. So off to a really good start with uh, with Jacob. Uh, fourth line minutes, kind of knew he was going to be there, uh, you know, in this part of his career, a bottom, you know, earlier in his career under the entry-level contract and so on, uh, I thought that he would be a little higher up in the lineup, but this seems to be where he fits the most right there. And it, and it just, it can go up from from here with, uh, with Jacob. So, um, hey, Mark. So, yes, sir. Raise your hand if you thought that Jacob Lauko was going to be on the opening night roster. I'm not raising my hand. Me neither. And, and I'm not I'm not hating on Jacob at all about nope. his progression up to the NHL. Um, it's just he took some down. It was kind of weird where he was, you know, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. You know, it's it's it that's on him. It happens to everybody, but the talent we saw when he got selected in the third round, I think it was 2018. Um, and then he went to uh, Ruanda, Renanda. Oh my God. Ruin, Renanda. I can't even say it. I can't even say <laughs> that's it. That's a tongue twister. The Huskies up in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um, that's, and he won a, um, you know, uh, I think it was a call that, no, not a call the cup, uh, Memorial Cup. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong and I know I'm probably going to hear it. But anyway, back check us. Yes, the, the 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 offense that he was providing, while still knowing that he had to provide more on his two way game, was impressive to watch. But then he got to the AHL level, and it was just a uh, injuries and so on hampered uh, his his progression and everything. And that kind of maybe it took a toll on him. Who knows? But it's good to finally see him back and and fighting for it and speaking to media about you know saying that he wasn't happy with the things that are said about. You know, he's lost in the in the translation of of the Bruins depth and so on. And and look where we are now. Guys, yep. per, you know, perseverance is just a great thing as human beings. I Absolutely. freaking love this shit. So and, and if I talk if I talk bad about Jacob, I'm sorry. That's you know, it's my bad, you know, but, you know, I, I, I have my own eye test. That, well, everybody else does, too. So. Right. Yeah. And we'll have more to talk about Jacob as we go along in the pod. Absolutely. All right, let's start off uh, with the uh, the first game. It was in Washington. I don't remember mm-hmm. the, the uh, arena. But uh, in the first period, Patrice Bergeron, the captain, welcome back, sir. 
uh, for another unbelievable season. Hopefully an unbelievable season. But he gets the Boston Bruins to a one nothing lead at the 758 mark on a wrist shot and on the man advantage. So great start to the power play, Bruins power play. Uh, book the freaking duck boats. We have a power play, guys. <laughs> but uh, continuing in the uh, to get to the two to nothing lead at fifteen oh three is David Pasternak. He scores his first uh, from David Krejci and Connor Clifton. By the way, the Patrice Bergeron goal was uh, assisted by David Pasternak and David Krejci. That was Krejci's first goal back. Uh, the second period, Taylor Hall gets the bees to a three to nothing lead. At the 614 mark, it was a snapshot. Uh, and then Anthony Mantha scores for the Capitals. Connor Sherry scores for the Capitals. And then in the third period, David Krejci scores his first from David Pasternak and Pavel Zaka. Pavel Zaka's first point as a Bruin. And to finish things off offensively, Hampus Lindholm, the defenseman, an unassisted empty net goal uh, to seal the deal. And the Boston Bruins win five to two. Um, did you skip the hall goal? I possibly did. I'm not really good at this. This is why. <laughs> it's no, yeah. It's anyway. No yeah. So Hall scored um, in the second <laughs> period. I thought I said that three to nothing. But anyway, I, I don't um, remember. You probably did. I'm probably just retarded. Yeah, I'll get you later when I when I edit this. I'll, I'll fire <laughs> back. <laughs> Perfect. But anyway, the Boston Bruins win the first game of the season uh, in Washington, five to two, and um, really good start for uh, David Krejci—a goal and two assists, three-point night. Um, Taylor Hall, real excited on the goal that he scored. Good to see him back, and and no worries about that week-to-week uh, injury type. David Pasternak increasing his his value, I guess. Um, by game one, negotiations will be tough after this one. He has a four-point night with a goal and three assists. And um, and go on Jacob Lotko for, you know, providing some of that aggressiveness, that fourth-line grind in your first NHL game. So congratulations on that. Uh, thoughts on the game, my friend? Yeah. So first thing that stands out to me is something that's going to probably be swept under the rug due to the – explosion of offense from players that, you know, you didn't think you were going to see in a Bruins uniform again, and Patrice Bergeron and uh, David Krejci, especially is Linus Elmark. He had a fantastic game. He really did. Um, You know, the goals that were scored on him, you know, it's odd man rushes. I mean, I feel like if he were to have one of them, maybe that five hole goal on Connor Sherry, maybe he might want that one back a little bit, but he was dominant. He played fantastic. Um, he turned aside uh, 33 shots out of 35. He looked good. He looked he, he looked like he was absolutely ready for that game. And that's something you really want to see out of, um, you know, one half of your goaltending tandem for sure. Um, Taylor Hall, like you said, pumped on his goal. And what a beautiful pass by Pasternak. Yeah. I mean, not only is this guy a goal scorer, but he just keeps on up in his ante. He is he's turning into a very nice playmaker as well. Um, and I, having a guy like David Krejci there with you is only going to further that playmaking ability. Cause you, you kind of learn, you kind of, you're kind of a sponge around that guy. So it, that's all great to see. And I think David Pasternak's um, I, I think David Pasternak and his, you know, what we know about him and what his value is. 
I don't know that a four point night is going to really change that because we already know that he can do that. I think right. I think the Bruins already know they're going to have to pay this guy a lot of money. Yeah, and I think David Pasternak knows that he's worth a lot of money. So is he going to get a lot of money? Is he going to take a hometown discount? Only time will tell. Um, but either way, he's going to make his money. He's going to be here. I'm not worried about that. Um, I think you had something you wanted to interject with. Yeah, more or less, I was just poking at the the people on Twitter, that it, which were being fun. You know, they're good, they're good, solid people like Connor Ryan saying, D- "David, please stop." Or I'm paraphrasing, "David, please stop. You're increasing your value." <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just fun yeah. stuff like that. I, I just wanted to roll in, but but I do want to talk about the creativity of David Pasternak on that line with uh, Pavel Zaka and uh, David Krejci. But your opinion, and, and it's only two games, very small sample size, but do you? In these two games, do you see David Pasadak's transition and um, offense gaining the zone better than we have in the past with these guys now? It almost seems like gaining that offensive blue line is a little more easier with the creativity that's going on on that on that on that trio. Yes, and I want to say the reason why is because he's not the guy who has to carry the puck into the O zone. Uh, he's more of the guy who's getting the pass right at the blue line and is able to kind of just get right in there and use his speed, which is something that benefits his game a lot more. We saw it at least twice in that game. Um, but we also saw it on the other end where he was the one with the puck gaining into the into the, um, into the the offensive zone, and he put a nice crisp pass through, which got right to David Krejci in front. And he wasn't able to corral it and keep the and the puck was on edge and he wasn't able to get a goal out of it. But it was just a beautiful play. Um, but yeah, David Pasenak, he's using his speed and he's he's really stick handling in areas that he's going to excel in to the outside. You know, going into the middle opposed to trying to gain entry because I feel like um, that's David Krejci's role. David Krejci gains the blue line. He slows the game down. He allows. He, he draws people to him. And when you're doing that, you have a guy like David Pasternak shooting up the wing ready for that pass. He's going to blow by people. And it's it's amazing to watch. I mean, it, it's, it's almost incredible that we weren't able to – I had this conversation with somebody on Twitter, but we didn't really get to see this under Cassidy. And I'm not sure why he said, well, you know, I, I, I believe he said, you know, if they got more than like 15 minutes or something like that playing together, then they would have been fine. But I disagreed because the reason why I disagree is because they've had stretches of games together under Cassidy. They've had stretches of practices together under Cassidy, and we've never seen what we're seeing right now out of those two playing together. So that leads me to believe that maybe it's the change of the coaching style. Maybe it has something to do with the way that Montgomery is approaching um, how to attack the Ozone on offense, which is really complementing David Krejci and uh, David Pasenak to be able to come together to make that work because it really wasn't working on NHL ice before that. All right, so here's uh, – and I forgot to put this up because I'm a little slow today, but here's the lineup. So uh, we're talking about David Krejci and David Pasenak and so on. What are your thoughts on Pavel Zaka in that first game? really came to play, really got noticed quickly. I thought he was good, uh, especially early on. Um, he was a big contributor on stopping what could have been a goal to put cap the Caps up one nothing early on. Um, he had a great back check on that. I think that he played well in all three zones. He was um, – he, he knows – it's almost like he knows when to carry the puck 
and when to quickly just get rid of it. And one of the best examples of that was on the David Krejci goal in the third period. Um, I believe Fulbort played the puck up to Zaka on the wall, and he just quickly corralled it and got it right up to Pasternak. Uh, no, sorry, right up to Krejci, who was able to ladle it in to Pasternak, who went around everyone, got his shot off, and Krejci just followed it up for the backhand goal. I think it's really great that Pavel Zaka understood his role in that situation. Transition this puck to the best players and allow them to do what they do. I think he is a great compliment to these two players. He works hard, especially on the boards. He's going to keep that puck hemmed in. Uh, I really liked his game. Yeah. And uh, Linnaeus Allmark uh, stopped 27 of 25. Uh, nope, sorry. Uh, stopped uh, 33 30. of 35. And uh, for the first win of the season, uh, good on him. Like you said, he, he played very well. Yeah, I mean, it was a good first game. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, this is a, this a great start for them against a team that uh, traditionally gives them a hard time, uh, particularly on the road. But it was really good to uh, have that that start. And um, hopefully it continues. We'll, we'll talk about the next game later on. But let's hear from the great folks at Canai Wellness. Can I Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I fresh? And can I boost? It's the trusted brand for sport, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts and four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed within 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in the park in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the CanEye Wellness Company to support high performance. Let's talk about each product. CanEye Boost allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and en- energize the healthier way. Use daily before a workout or when studying for an exam and other times you need to increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Can I Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can I Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11th nat- the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can I Fresh take the edge off without making you tired or unmotivated. Can I Sleep is this all natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no uh, waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much you sleep you need. If you would like to try any of these amazing Can I Wellness all natural oral sprays, please go to caniwellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the Can I Wellness website. We thank Can I Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Bruins related podcast. We are back talking bees. Uh, the next topic. Uh, oh, by the way, before I uh, move on to this one, I thought it was really cool uh, in, in the post game. The captain, Patrice Bergeron, who had the game puck, gave it to the head coach, Jim Montgomery. Really good um, moment right there because I think that that was really – Montgomery was hired earlier in the offseason and so on, and we all knew what kind of coach he was going to come in. But to me, that <laughs> moment right there – 
solidified the camaraderie that they're going to need to move forward with this group, whether it be a Stanley Cup this season or not. They, this is going to be a competitive team. They're going to work hard. And it's a we thing. It's not an individual. It's a we thing. And I really thought that uh, the speeches uh, that Bergeron had, the words that Montgomery has been saying throughout this offseason and leading up to these uh, few uh, first games for this campaign have been really encouraging to see. It's good to see that this group is 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 moving forward. And um, I like it. I like it. We're off to a good start with Jim Montgomery as our uh, new head coach. So Def- definitely a class act. And real quick before we move on, I just want to touch upon the bottom six real quick in that game because they did get overshadowed by the offensive flair of the top six. But when I look at that bottom six, I didn't see anything flashy out of them. I didn't see anything insane. But the fourth line was very good. They led the way in physicality that game. And they set the tone as far as that goes for the Boston Bruins. And I just, I really think that collectively the bottom six didn't, they didn't help on the scoreboard, but they also didn't take away from it. They didn't give anything up. They were a steady base. They, they were kind of like the drums to that game. They, they said they kept they kept the tempo going. They were, you know, they were really engaged in that sense they didn't get any goals. They didn't do anything like that, but they really did allow your the top six to do what they needed to do and really get the game put away and done. And I just wanted to mention that because I don't see enough praise for the bottom six in that game. I see a lot of people talking about how you know they weren't a factor, they were invisible. I don't think so. I, I, I just don't agree with that. Yeah, you got to look outside the goal. Ultimately, goals are win, what wins games and so on, but – a lot of the, the smart hockey folk out there um, have one word in mind, and that's an impact. How you made an impact in, on this roster and the lineup in the organization is what they really want to see. And, and, and a great example, and I'm, I know we're jumping all over the place, but is, is uh, A.J. Greer. We'll talk about him later on, but what the head coach said. He's like, yeah, he had two goals, but I was more impressed with his six hits. You know, yeah. that, that, that says a lot right there that it's it's beyond your product, your, your point production in this lineup, in this organization. Yep. It's what how you make impacts in other areas of the game that, are, that, that might be most impressive. And that's another thing that I give kudos to Jim Montgomery and his message. You know, it's like you have a job here. A.J. Greer is probably going to be a career third, maybe fourth liner. If that's instilled into his head, then good on him. He's probably going to be in the league for a, a, a couple more years. And good on him for working this hard to get there and securing a roster spot. But when when the coach says that, it kind of moves you. And it kind of moves a bottom six that's kind of been stagnant the past couple years. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying yep. they've been terrible and so on. But this is the type of boost that we've needed in in previous, especially in the playoffs. I get yep. the narrative. I get the narrative in the playoffs. This is what we're seeing right now. Four lines of depth, and, I, and, and I'm happy for it. So hopefully yep. it continues. We've got 80 more games to go. But Yep, they play, they play off each other. I mean, you know, the first game, the, it was the bottom – it was the top six show where they were getting you everything, and we're going to get into next game. But, you know, it flip-flopped. You know, that's balance. That is, you know, something – you want your bottom six to be able to pick up the goal scoring when your top six is struggling. That's what you want. And that's what we're seeing. 
So absolutely. All right. Uh, the next topic is the Bruins. Uh, they announced the official signing of uh, defenseman Anton Strahlman coming off of a PTO that was uh, agreed to earlier in the in the off season. And um, and we've talked about this pretty heavily in, in past uh, episodes. Um, I thought that he was going to be here to to push a player like Connor Clifton and so on, um, which I thought that I think that now you're seeing the better out of Connor Clifton. Maybe maybe more in last night's game against the Coyotes, but and less in the um, in the Washington game. But you could see that he's being pushed for a roster spot as well. But um, and we'll talk about uh, obviously the injury to uh, another defenseman that might move the Strawman. Um, process a little uh, faster, uh, but um, you were a big uh, component of this uh, PTO and and possible addition to the Boston Bruins roster. So why don't you take this one on your thoughts about this, uh, you know, depth move finally being uh, solidified? Yeah, when I looked at the situation, mainly what I was looking at is there's the purpose for him being brought in was mixed. Definitely with what you were talking about to push these younger guys to really get them to solidify themselves in the lineup, but also because they know that the right side depth of this team is very weak, especially to start the season. So it it was almost a no brainer for me that as long as Anton Strahlman didn't play himself out of a job, he was going to get a job. And I think during, during the preseason, um, I think he did enough. I mean, to be to begin, he wasn't really flashy. He wasn't really, um, you know, anything that you really looked at and said like, "Wow, this guy is incredible. He's amazing." But he got shots through on net, which is something that this team needs. It's something that Montgomery focuses on too, getting the defense involved in the offensive game. And if you have somebody in the blue at the blue line who can get shots on net. That is a huge strength that is needed. And, um, you know, he his defensive game isn't going to wow you, but it also isn't one of those things where you go, he's a he's a um, trying to find the word and I can't think of it. I'm having a brain fart, a liability. He's not a liability out there. Um, so it just I think he earned it. Um, I mean, I, I understand, you know, vet men, uh, all of that. It, it should have been vet men, blah, blah, blah. But you also got to remember that Strawman is choosing this situation where he's not guaranteed a spot in this lineup for, throughout the entire season. So maybe it did take that extra little oomph to be able to get him in. And one mil for Anton Strawman, who can still give you 20 plus minutes a night um, and, and give you solid hockey play is a steal. So let's not, you know, let's not cherry pick and, you know, whine about an extra $250,000. It's not even coming out of your damn pocket. So, you know, it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I think it's a good addition. And like Mark said earlier, we're going to be talking about how now it's definitely going to show as a good move. Absolutely. Um, moving on to Jake DeBrusque in that uh, Washington Capitals game, got uh, hit from behind, tripped up a little bit, kind of landed awkward. And more or less, it looks like um, landed on his wrist more or less mm-hmm. and not his uh, shoulder or the head where a lot of people thought he might have got concussed. Um, talk about the thoughts. Um, I mean, him being out, Jim Montgomery mentions that it's he doesn't seem it's going to be any length of time. 
uh, except for the game again on Saturday night against the Coyotes, uh, and then go from there. Uh, so that's that's encouraging that it's not, you know, a really really bad injury that's going he's going to be out for a length of time, and we need need to stop making recalls. Um, but and obviously, hopefully, Jake gets better. You know, uh, right. I think he was having a pretty decent preseason and, and training camp, and uh, I thought he did okay. I'm not going to pump his tires for the Washington game. I thought he did okay. He was buzzing around there a little mm-hmm. bit, but, um, you know, and it got taken out uh, after some di- discomfort. Came back and tried it out, but just uh, it just didn't work out. So he called it a night and obviously the next day. But um, here is the roster with um, without the addition of Jake DeBrusque and so on for the Coyotes game. And, uh, and, Craig Smith now uh, replaces him up on the right wing top line. So Kevin, looking at this roster and, and Craig Smith being up on the top line, uh, what are your thoughts going into uh, the Coyotes game on Saturday night? Home opener, by the way, home opener. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts were, what else are you going to do at that point other than bringing somebody else up? I mean, realistically, I would have loved to have seen a guy like Mark McLaughlin get a, um, a shot, but I understand that it wasn't going to happen. I didn't sit there and think like, oh, maybe they'll bring McLaughlin up. No, I didn't think that for a second. Is it what I want? Yes. Um, but when you look at the team, I mean, Craig Smith, he's a, He's a shot-heavy guy uh, when he's on his game, and he works really hard. I mean, the one thing that can't be knocked about his game is he works really hard out there. He's a dog on the puck. He, he back-checks. He, he forechecks. He does it all, um, all three areas of the um, of, of the ice. So it, it, it makes sense, and I feel like Taylor Hall and uh, Patrice Bergeron can do enough together to keep that line competitive. Um, but I think it does take away a bit. I don't th- – I no longer think it's really a one, a one B situation. And that at that point, uh, your top six definitely takes a hit with Jake DeBrusque, uh, being out of the lineup. I think Jake DeBrusque adds a lot of, um, uh, speed, which complements a guy like Taylor Hall. I, I think that, um, him being out definitely is going to hurt it. But as we saw in the game, it didn't end up being as bad as I thought it would be. It still wasn't amazing. Um, I don't, I don't believe he got a ton of time on ice, but we'll end up talking about it. But what were your thoughts on Smith being in that position? Well, it's a motivating factor for a veteran like him as well, you know, getting some time up there and, and try to, um, you know, blossom some, to give it a little bit more, uh, the next man up mentality kind of motto and so on, if I could speak that way. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was all right. He's a, he's a veteran presence. Um, and, I, I like the idea of him going up there, the trust that Montgomery had in that decision and not just to bring somebody else up from the minors. Uh, we'd love to see Mark McLaughlin get top six minutes. Absolutely. I'd love to see that, but uh, realistically let's give the, uh, the opportunity to the veteran, see if he can um, fit in there for the, uh, the amount of time that Jake might need with this uh, unfortunate injury. But um, also, like I said, it, it gives it gives Smith a little more time to get consistency with a different line, and if it all else fails, then you kind of go to your miners and say, "Hey, we need a we need a, obviously Smith needs a, a kick in the ass, and this kid's ready to come up and and provide." Then we'll do that. But I like the uh, the idea of of giving it to the veteran first to see if he can take the reins and go. But other than that, 
it was just a an upward movement in my opinion when you're thinking about players with tenure seniority yeah seniority and he didn't have a bad game no i thought he played decent his own entries were good and he was firing the puck a lot more than he was um in the uh washington game that's what i found yeah i mean well he had he had one shot on goal um he had three hits that's something to look at he had a block shot um you know he he finished at an even plus minus there. Um, he did get an assist on that Pavel Zaka goal on the uh, second power play. Um, but he did only have 13 minutes and 30 seconds of time on ice. So he was in a top six role, but he was getting bottom six minutes. Yep. Um, and, and that's something to, you know, but you want to hear the shocking thing, which is pretty crazy. Um, David Krejci only with 1440 time on ice that game. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Barely a minute over Craig Smith. But oh. I do I do wonder if that's because he's getting they're allowing him to to continue to get more acclimated uh, acclimated back to the North American game. Sure, and it was the Coyotes too. Mm-hmm. You know, so in uh, your fourth I mean, line was ridiculous and Yeah, it was absolutely absolutely <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah, like Nick Felino 1455 ice time. Nick Felino Let's break down the Bruins uh, goal scorers. Uh, Pavel Zaka gets uh, gets his first in this uh, six to three win at on home ice. Uh, that goal was assisted by Nick Foligno and Craig Smith, as you mentioned. That happened at four hundred three in the first, a snapshot and a power play goal. So the power play is really kicking uh, with this crew. Uh, keeping in the first period, Charlie Coyle. Nice to see him getting active and so on. He had a fantastic game. That's the Charlie Coyle I want to see more of, Kevin. Beautiful I, do you goal. agree? Yes. Oh my God, that goal was gorgeous. I like, love the I love the way this player can just back a goalie into the, his net and just fire it top shelf every oh, time. It's and that close into. I know like, he was close, close into the crease. That was a beautiful goal. But uh, his goal gives the Boston Bruins a two to nothing lead at the eighteen twenty four mark of the first on the wrist shot. Second period, Clayton Keller. Uh, gets uh, the Coyotes a little back at two to one. Uh, that was on the power play. Really uh, tough one for that one. Left him wide uh, wide open. There was nothing Jeremy Swayman could do right there. I know this isn't an Arizona Coyotes podcast, but oh, yeah, that shot was a monster. Yeah, it oh was. I mean, God. there was so Beautiful. much force on it. It almost knocked him, uh, Clayton Keller, out of rotation. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's just that shot was gorgeous. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And uh, keeping in the second period, Nick Felino, who um, in previous to start the game and the game introductions for the, the, se- uh, the um, regular season opener was booed as he entered the ice from a lot of fans. Saw it on Twitter, heard it from folks that were in the house. Yep, Classless. That's the classless number two thing I was talking about. Absolutely. Um, you know, kicking a guy when he's down is, is kind of tough. But what I loved about this whole thing is he was motivated by it. He, I literally think I saw his best game since he's been here. That 100%, Mark, you hit the nail on the head. And he almost had Pavel Zaka's goal. Yeah. And, you know, right off the post, which came right to Zaka, who was able to put it in the empty net. I mean, absolutely. Fleo was on one. 
Yeah, and and the fact is that we keep talking about this and this Jim Montgomery system is getting the defense more active with with shots in and so on. They don't have to be big chower blasts like we have in the past and so on. Just getting the puck to the net and create those secondary opportunities has been really good to see thus far this season, and it was uh, perfectly done. Connor Clifton, a guy that's really been stepping it up lately, particularly in this game, just gets it on net, and there's Nick Foligno, net front presence to tip it there. Great tip. Uh, yeah, getting the 3-1 to one lead at 14-03. Uh, that was a tip with a purpose. Yes, exactly. Those are the types of plays that uh, John Gruden and, and Montgomery have been saying that we need more of. You know, it's just it, – it, your point production should be all over the ice and not just your uh, your top six, yep. you know. Um, going to the third period, Josh Brown uh, gets the uh, Coyotes closer to the 3-2 to two Boston score. Um, and Shane Gossespear, uh, unassisted, ties the game on a uh, shorthanded goal. A little unfortunate times. And uh, this was the time when I was, like, pumping the tires, like, lock it down. Keep your, keep the skate on your throats. And all of a sudden, they tie it. And I, I retweeted my my original tweet and said, that's it. I'm done for the positive tweets this season. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but uh, it was the A.J. Greer show shortly um, uh, in, in the third period after the um, Shane Gossespear goal. And before that, Derek Forbert, who I believe has been playing outstanding on defense, next man up mentality, McAvoy's gone, Grizzlick's gone. We need a guy that steps into those shoes and, and you know gives it that little extra. Derek Forbort has really bought into this whole system, I believe, and hopefully it continues. He scores his first from Krejci and Zaka. Zaka has been on a point streak so far. That's two games and three, three points in two games. Good on him. But then it was the A.J. Greer show. A.J. Greer scores his first Boston Bruins goal and gives the 5-3 B's lead at 12.49 in the third with a wrist shot. And what a celebration. Yep. I mean, that is typical. I love Boston Bruins hockey. And and I noticed right after, and I mean, he's really grasped this hockey fan base by kissing the spoke B, saying, welcome, I'm here. I love it here. And I love this guy's freaking energy. I love it. Absolutely. I I totally agree. And, you know, he's sitting at three points right now in two games played. I mean, I remember back when he had his two goals in preseason and everyone was kind of happy about it. They were like, hey, this kid looks good. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, the pe- people come out like, oh, it's just preseason, blah, 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 poo-pooing on it. Um, but, hey, here we are. Three points in two games played. You know, I know I understand he got his three points against the Arizona Coyotes, but guess what? It's an NHL game. Yeah, absolutely. It's and a parody it, in this league. They're all yeah. good players out there. Yeah. It's not like they're yeah. up against mites, you know, might yeah. or peewees. No, they're out there against NHL quality competition, uh, competition and AJ Greer stepped up. Um, think, of, think of it this way, folks. 1% of all the world's population, which is very, very small, get to the NHL. Yep. One percent. It's probably even less than that, but I'm I'm not good in the numbers. Uh to finish up the uh offensive production from the Boston Bruins against the Coyotes, AJ Greer gets his second goal of the game, a six to three lead on an empty net. And um uh, good on him. Three sides of the game, AJ Greer, Charlie Coyle, Nick Felino. And let's see what we else we got. Uh Greer had the two goals. 
Charlie Coyle with a goal and an assist. Pavel Zaka keeps going with a goal and an assist. And that's pretty much it. Jeremy Swayman gets his first win of the season, stopping 21 of 24. Thought he looked pretty good. And uh, I like the way that this uh, this tandem is uh, is working out So thus far. It's only two games. But uh, I'm also going to go out and stretch and, and go by what I've said in, in previous podcasts, that I think this tandem could be within the <clears throat> within the top five of Jennings uh, trophy consideration. If they, you know, if they continue to work together and then show that camaraderie in the crease and, you know, it's, it's basically not fighting one for each job in the crease, you know, the starting role and blah, blah, blah. They, they, this is a tandem that works for each other. And the common goal is to win games. It's not an individual. And I truly, truly love, love that and believe that this, should be a 1A and 1B situation until you get to the playoffs. And then Coach Montgomery and, and staff and management figure out who's your starter by, by then. But there's a lot of time in between now and then. So, But that is it. A, 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 a very successful first two games for the Bees. And it's just going to get a, that much harder moving forward. Um, Kevin, uh, last night, uh, Brandon Carlo suffers an, uh, an upper body injury in Saturday night's home victory over the visiting Arizona Coyotes. What does this do to an already um, thin defense moving forward? Uh, is this this is, has to like aggressively move the uh, Anton Strawman addition to this Boston for one's lineup, even though he's having visa issues right now. That's not a forever thing. I'm sure that that's going to get done in quick order. But um, does this um, is it Strawman time? It, it needs to be by uh, seven o'clock tomorrow night. It has to be. It, it has to be. They are now down three of their top four defensemen: McAvoy, Grizzlick, and we can't rule it out. Maybe Grizzlick's ready. He's day to day right now. We can't rule it out yet. We have no idea. Grizzlick could. Step into the lineup Monday night against um, uh, Florida. But as we stand right now, Anton Strawman is 100% needed for next game. Um, if it wasn't for visa issues, I think he would have been in the last two games. It has to be figured out. I think Anton Strawman coming in and being able to play. And I don't foresee a Lindholm Strawman pairing, by the way. I don't foresee that. No, you got to spread it out. You I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay, I understand. I I know what you and I want to see. We want to see Lindholm Zaboro. I'm sure you and I would love to see that. But this is what I'm thinking is going to happen. I think it is going to be Lindholm Clifton, like we have been talking about. Clifton has had a good start to the season. He might be rewarded. Yeah, very motivated. And now that you think of it, that is solid defensively. But also, your breakouts, your zone exits with Clifton, and I like him as a skater. He does move the puck well. You know, he does have his defensive, you know, mistakes here and there. But that's not a bad idea either. Mm-hmm. I like that. It. Would that would then leave you with Strawman? And if Grizzly is ready to go, it'll probably be a Grizzly Strawman pairing. Or if he's not ready to go, you're probably looking at. I think this is what you're going to see, Fulbright. Strawman. I think that would be your second pairing. And then third pairing, Riley Zaboro. Yeah, it's not bad. I think that's what you're probably going to be seeing. When you when you think about that lineup, 
there's a lot of aggressive puck movers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, uh, the name of the game uh, for the past couple of years. I'm not. I'm not just talking about you know John Gruden system or or Jim Montgomery system as new coaches uh, to the Boston Bruins, but you know, it's always kind of been the trend that you really want to have a bigger, more shutdown guy matched up with a guy that can move the puck and so on. You know, yep. so and in those lineups, Kevin, you're pretty much ex- that's a, that's an example of what the trend has been. You know, yep. when you when you talk about those those lines right there, and it's not that's not a bad thing. You know, and and, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to eat a little bit of crow. You know, I obviously haven't seen Anton Strauman play a regular season game with the Boston Bruins yet. I do understand his experience. I get the the you know the the veteran leadership and so on that he can provide. I get all those intangibles. I really do. Um, but this is this is what this is the moment that a lot of people like Mick Collagio. I sat next to him up in the press box and so on. And you know, he he really just talked me off of a basically talked me off of a roof on on the whole strawman thing. Is just you know you need players like that whether they come in on a PTO and push other players or not. But it's a good security blanket to have. And here we are. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, um, Brandon Carlo, who we all hope and and respectfully. Um, please don't call players soft when they have head issues. I, I yep. really hate that. It, it's Everyone's a, got the same damn head. Exactly. It's a if medical it gets thing. hit. You can get a concussion. It's a medical thing. It happens. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, don't tell a player to retire at, because of this and that. It's just, I, I feel for Brandon and his history and hopefully he gets better. Hopefully he gets back on the lineup as soon as possible. I really want him to turn around this season and be a real positive one moving forward. Um, but it, it's a it's a valued it's a valid issue when you're talking about we need depth and and why not have the experience. So I'll eat I'll eat that crow. You know I'll put it on my barbecue and smoke it 12 hours if I have to. You know, but I I, I get it I get it I can be talked it, off of a roof. People yeah, think that we all can. Yeah, people think we I'm all just can. cement and and have nothing else to give, but. No, we all can. And and as we stand right now, it is 1130. So I think the Bruins are hitting the ice right now for practice. So we should be getting answers soon on what the defensive pairings are look, looking like. Um, we'll see if Grizzlick, I I believe Grizzlick already is practicing in a non-contact jersey, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see where Grizzlick is. Is Grizzlick penciled in um, and practicing within that top six group or is he still on the outside on that? Um, that fourth pairing uh, per se um, practicing. We'll, we'll, we'll see on that, but I think that um, I, I think whatever they do, I think you're probably your top pairing is going to be a uh, Clifton and Hampus Lindholm pairing. I, I, it makes sense to me right now with the way Clifton is playing. And if you really want to boost this kid's confidence even more, reward him. In game, if it's not working, you can switch it up at any moment. Yeah, that's the beauty of hockey. Um, but if not, if not Clifton, I could totally just see them putting uh, Strawman out there with Lindholm. Um, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what Montgomery does. Uh, so far, I've been happy um, with what he's been doing. You know what's very rewarding, Kevin? Tell me. Is the folks over at BetOnline.ag, and if you go there and sign up for a free account. You can put a small investment and try to double, triple it or whatever, but please do it safely, obviously. This is true. Yes. (laughs) 
But anyway, let's talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. Football is back, and betonline.ag remains your number one sauce source. Sauce. <laughs> I'm thinking about lunch already. For all your football betting needs this season, you'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline.ag. Uh, and your and as your continued source for all sports wagering information, betonline.ag features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports events, such as the NHL, Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to the betonline.ag website to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code CLNS50 to receive those rewards. Betonline.ag, it's where the game starts, folks. The game starts with betonline.ag, and don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50, please. All right, Kevo, we are back talking Boston Bruins hockey. Um, So, why don't we jump into the uh, the upcoming week's schedule real quick? Because uh, the next topic I kind of want to uh, uh, piggyback on on your thoughts about some people joining the uh, organization and how it affects the upcoming test. So this tomorrow night at seven o'clock, the floor, uh, the Boston Bruins play the Florida Panthers um, at TD Garden, and then they're on the road Tuesday night. In Ottawa, day off on Wednesday. Then they're back at TD Garden for a home game against the traveling Anaheim Ducks. And wrapping up the week uh, and uh, the second game of a four-game homestand on Saturday night in Minnesota. Sorry, at TD Garden at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Saturday 1 p.m. game? Ooh. Somebody might have to go outside, stuff. start a fire, and put the TV out there and have some drinks. I like one For o'clock sure. games. I like yeah, one o'clock nice. games in the fall, man. They All are right, nice. So, I agree. So with that schedule, there's four games in the next seven days or six days. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's my Amesbury math coming out. Um, so let's talk about the additions of Jim Montgomery and um, John Gruden. And what they have to do to really prepare themselves for what could be, you know, the the month of October to finish those games in uh, November. These games are going to come hot and heavy. There's going to be some really, really good tests. Um, But this is pretty much the start right now of how we all need to build as one and and to approve these, uh, you know, to be successful. I'm sorry. I'm long winded here. So, with the message that you've heard and the body language and, and what's being said about we, and it's not an individual, what are your thoughts moving forward on, on this type of week? And, and what can you expect? Um, I'm expecting a grind. Um, you have some good talent sprinkled in there. Uh, really good talent. I mean, think about it. I mean, you have the Florida Panthers, while they may have regressed a little bit, they're still a good team. You have the Ottawa Senators who have completely bolstered their top six and they have a lot of people who can score on you. That is a trap game for a goaltender. Um, You know, you may be better than that team, but they have a lot of guys who can score on you. So you better, you know, keep it to the outside. Um, And then you go ahead to Anaheim again, 
you have a lot of good players on that team who can score. That's going to be another tricky one. Uh, Minnesota, that's a good team. That is a good team. That is a heavy team. That is a grindy team. You're going to have to really work your tails off. And your bottom six is going to have to set the tempo in that game. Um, so I think the message that's going to get thrown out there is going to be the same moving through the week. It's going to be get your pucks in deep. It's going to be play the body when necessary. Keep that physicality tempo going, especially against a team like Minnesota. That's going to be absolutely thrown out there and beat to death. Um, the, def- the defense is going to be tested, especially in that Ottawa game, especially in that Ottawa game, because like I said, their offense is good. Our offense needs to be just as good because we have better defense, regardless of having three top four defensemen out. We have a better, we have better defense in Ottawa. We should be able to shut it down a lot easier, but that one could turn into a, a, a shootout. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think coming out of the week, if you can come out of the, if you come out of this week, Two and two, that's golden, especially with the injuries that you have. I don't foresee um, winning all four of these games. I could totally see losing the Ottawa game. I could totally see losing that game back-to-back um, against against a really hungry Ottawa team who's added a lot of good additions. Um, I, I think another game that you could see us lose would be that Anaheim game. Surprisingly, that Anaheim game. Um, that's one of those games where I think you're better than that team and you could play down a little bit. I mean, we saw a little bit of it in Arizona where they started to kind of mess up a little bit there and kind of allow them to inch their way back in. Do not want to do that against Anaheim. They are a much better team than an, an Arizona Coyotes team. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they go about it. But I think Jim Montgomery, Gruden and the rest of the staff is going to be able to keep everybody, um, you know, fresh and motivated and keep that that motto and that message very fresh. Kevin, I'm going to go on a limb here and just say that these next four games are, are a challenge. You're absolutely right. It's going to happen. I mean, yes, Florida can be explosive. The addition of Matt Kachuk down there, he's going to be an agitator. Um, and it, the offense, the offense and, and offseason additions to Ottawa the next night, uh, up in the uh, in the country of Canada is going to be an interesting challenge. Uh, Anaheim, I'm not totally sure. I don't see them a lot of them in uh, past history. They haven't been great, but they they can put it together. And obviously Minnesota, yeah, uh, it's a one o'clock game, and Minnesota is going to come at you hard and heavy. So with all that being said, I'm just going to put it out there and just say that all four of these games can be won, mm-hmm. and, and and but. All four of these games are going to he- be heavily relied on our bottom pairing lines, offensive lines, or, our, you know, the, yeah, the trios on third the secondary scoring. Yeah. yeah. You know, if we, if you could keep that up and, and play with their best lines and, 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 you know, counteract what they're doing and so on, I think it's going to be a solid week, but can this consistency keep up with so many games in such a short time? That's, that's the challenge here. And I'll tell you something right now. It just seems like Jim Montgomery and coaching staff really love the way the, these bottom six players are playing right now. And if they can gain that consistency and so on and really step it up, then that's just that's just money in the bank moving forward. You know, you, you keep building on that uh, going into months like uh, November, December, January, when you're pr- positioning yourself for you're adding what you need to be successful, not only in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. I know I've said this earlier, but if we can get that out of these games and 
kind of um, you know off balance some of the the scoring lack on the top lines. I know it's two games and so on, and they have been point productive, but it just seems like we're getting a lot more right now out of these energy lines, and it's really good to see. Yeah, the depth's going to really be tested here. This is going to be a huge, huge test for this depth. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head. The bottom six has to be on their game for sure, because we already know the top six is going to be on their game, trying to score this and that. We already get that. But the bottom six is definitely going to have to step it up there too. And I think we, so we don't know what's going on with Brandon Carlo yet. We don't have any confirmation on if it's a concussion or not. Just want to put that out there in case people took that as gospel. Uh, we don't have any indication of what exactly is wrong with them. We are going to assume that it is concussion related. I'm sure when they come out with it, they're just going to say upper body injury or precautionary you know, precautionary upper. Yeah. But if the Bruins can get back one of Grizzlick, DeBrusque or Carlo at some point in the stretch of games, that is going to be huge. Yep. Um, but because you're right, all of these games are winnable. If they can come out of this three and one, I think that would be amazing. Incredible. Um, but do not be mad if they come out of this at two and two, you know, right. do not be mad about that. you got to look at the depth being tested, the amount of players that are out right now. If they come out of this two and two, that's a win. Yeah. And we've, we've said during the off season, regardless of, of the additions that were made over the summer and not that, you know, we, we obviously knew the players that were going to be out to start the year, but we also were like, you know, if we can just tread water just for a little while until these guys get back, you know, be a 500 team and go into like um, Thanksgiving time and engage where you are right now. Get those players back. It's not really a bad time to, you know, be 500. If you were anything mm -hmm. lower than that, it's a little bit of a problem. But as of right now, it just seems like the message is we really need those those secondary members of this organization that haven't really produced a lot. I'm not saying mm -hmm. nothing to really step up their game while, while members are missing. And, and we're seeing it right now, but small sample size, obviously it's only been two games, one against a, a decent team and one against a team that's playing in uh, an AHL or a college arena next year, this year. So, yep. and there's two sides of the spectrum right there and I totally get it, but, um, and I'm not poo-pooing on anything, but this, these are things that we need to see moving forward. And I like the direction it's going so far. Ride the wave. Don't hate it. Two one and one wouldn't be so bad either. Two yeah. one and one, lose Not a game in overtime. You know that would that would also be very ideal. Um, but hey, uh, I guess uh, Dan Renouf is practicing. Oh, so he got the call. It's interesting to see him up there. He's going to add a little bit of uh, physicality if he does, in fact, get into the lineup uh, in the game I saw on Friday night down in Providence. He it did play uh, pretty decent. Um, as you know, as a veteran down there, just grinding it away. So break glass in case of emergency. I, I, I don't think it's going to be an explosive move, but uh, more to facilitate, you know, the loss of, of uh, one of our current members. So good on him for getting the call. And if he gets in and, you know, it's a, it's an NHL game added to the resume. Per Steve Conroy, 11 minutes ago, Martian is practicing with the team in a regular sweater. This is freaking crazy. We just talked about it earlier about coming back and, and, you know, not 
sacrificing certain things to come back early, but you got to love hearing it, the drive that to get back in the lineup and get back that camaraderie that he has with, with Bergeron and, and fellow teammates. It's just, it's, it's positive, but hopefully he does it responsibly, you know? Yeah. Yep. So I, I think that's very, I think that's very promising because it, there's no way in hell that they would, um, you know, put him out there, um, especially in a regular sweater. Um, he's still on track to return, you know, before Thanksgiving, of course, but um, that's a really good sign, you know, yeah. to get you there. Um, there's no, there's no Carlo port, uh, per Matt Porter. There's no sign of Carlo on the ice right now or DeBrusque. Um, so there's that. Um, so let's just pray that um, Strawman is able to get those visa situations um, worked out and he will be iced on monday yeah and and these moves with uh dan renelf coming up is probably due to the back-to-back as well that's mm-hmm. um in the schedule starting tomorrow night against florida at the td and, and obviously crossing the board up to ottawa the next night on tuesday um so never never a bad idea to carry an extra defenseman when you go up on the road whether it be a long road trip or a short one gamer so Yep, and and per Ty Anderson, Martian is in all capitals moving out there. Wow! So very surprising to hear. Not shocked, to be honest with you, Kevin. The guy's got some great moves on the dance floor, but the other side of the spectrum, when you think about a medical thing, and I didn't, I I, I didn't go to medical medical school at all, but talking to my Courtney, who is in the medical field, and others who are in the in the same field, um, the hip is very very weird it could either be very good in your recovery or could take a while like wayne i you always use wayne simmons uh when he was playing for the philadelphia flyers as a perfect example of hip hip uh surgeries and um you know you can come back at 80 percent, but your recovery is now going to be that much longer you, you know, it could be a year to two years before you absolutely recover. But if you have the time to take a whole season off, then that's the best alternative to get full health. So unfortunately, when you're playing in the hockey world and you're contracted and so on, 80% is pretty much better than nothing. And for him, it's not just one hip, it's two hips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So and plus the way... And, and think about this. Your hip is your pivot area to your body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And think about the way that he stresses those areas. Brad Marchand, like, power skates. He's a fast little fucker, you know, crosses the blue line, waits for fucking layers to come in and so on. All that is putting so much pressure on that pivot area. So, I mean, good on him if he's going to make a, a comeback too. But hopefully he does it safely. But, you know, it, this is just kind of weird to hear about this type of procedure and, and his um, just his acceleration through this recovery is just, it's fun, but it's also, I'm a little concerned, you know, Mm -hmm. he must be on the Tom Brady, the TB 12 program or something. Jesus. (laughs) He's on the roids. No, I'm just just kidding. Hey, apparently he's out there moving. I think that's great to hear. I mean, no, it's so encouraging. If Martian comes out of this without losing a step, Holy crap. I know. I mean, Holy crap. Whoever I, did that surgery is probably going to get a freaking pull us a surprise. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
Pulitzer Prize. Not yeah. surprise. <laughs> yeah, we'll be surprised. Yeah, but, surprise. You got a Pulitzer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, that's all great news. Uh, still nothing yet on um, any type of pairings or um, line combinations or anything like that. But I mean, I, I foresee the line combinations to probably be uh, similar, if not the same, as what as, as what we saw out there against uh, New Jersey. Maybe they try to add Stunika in there. I'm not sure where at this point, because I don't know who you take out, you know, but we did have one question that I want to get to. That was from a user um, on here. I believe I'm going to have to pull it up. So, um, but the, the gist of the, of, of his question, because um, the person asked, let's say Martian and McAvoy return tomorrow, who gets scratched. And then underneath that said message left. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad that I looked it up then because right. I would have just totally ruined everything. If I. All right. It's that time of the show where we hear from our, uh, one of our good friends and um, colleagues. I, I like calling people colleagues because they're just great people, but Bruce Sullivan from Boston sports and music memorabilia. He's got some amazing stuff to spice up that fan cave. How about that image I shared with you earlier about looking in the windows? Huh, Kevin, did it scare you? A little bit. That's why I only have one window in my new office <laughs> and it is going to be boarded shut. <laughs> so. I'm such a creeper. Uh, but anyway, spice up that fan cave this Boston Bruins season. You need some more black and gold in there. He's got fantastic items, hand signed jerseys, eight by 10 signed photos, uh, mini helmets signed by the players, fully authenticated, all kinds of great stuff. Um, listen to this uh, commercial coming up for details on how to follow the the Facebook page and win uh, an item every week, a hand signed, uh, think it authenticated item. But uh, let's hear from Bruce. We'll talk on the other side. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. The signing for number 24 Big Bad Bruin legend Terry O'Reilly, which was previously postponed, has been rescheduled for this week. We will have O'Reilly jerseys for just $79, pucks for $34, and photos for $29. On October 23rd, we welcome back Bruins legend Andy Moog. We will have the exclusive Andy Moog 75th anniversary jersey for just $89, photos for $34, and pucks for $39. On November 5th, We host Big Bad Bruin Enforcer Sean Thornton. Get your Thornton jerseys for $89, photos for $29, and pucks for $34. Look for fellow bad boy Adam McQuaid in November as well. To learn more about our dozens of hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com and... Be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go. All right, Beast fans, we're back. Just heard from the amazing Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Great guy, great stuff, fully authenticated stuff, always real stuff, never fake. Would never put anybody down those those, uh, avenues of... um, displeasure um the providence bruins kicked off their 22 23 season on friday night uh with an opening night three to one victory at the newly named amica mutual pavilion 
The American Hockey League kicked off its 87th season of operations and for the Providence Bruins, it was the 31st year as the top minor pro affiliate of the NHL Boston Bruins. In this Friday night matchup, the Bridgeport Islanders came to the Amica um, Mutual Pavilion and the Bruins got goals on Friday night uh, from Georgi Mikulov, who scored his first goal of the season, his second pro goal uh, at the 13:59 mark. Uh, Bruins prospect Fabian Lysel getting his first pro goal at the 1526 mark. And Chris Wagner, the veteran, with his first goal of the season at the 1603 mark of the opening frame. Goaltender Keith Kincaid was outstanding in his Bruins debut, stopping 42 of 43 Islanders shots. Um, and it, this was a it was a good game. Good crowd on hand. Uh, I was in attendance for the home opener as a media member. So was our BNG colleague, Jim Swindells, who wrote a very, very uh, detailed uh, game recap of the, uh, the opener. Um, but it was a, it was a solid, solid game. Um, Merkulov looked good. Lysel, his speed is just amazing to watch, to be honest with you. Um, the way he, he breaks away, his, his, his release is good. There's still times that you notice that he needs to play a little better without the puck. And I think that's why he's in the American Hockey League right now, Mm -hmm. learning that side of the game and so on as a young prospect who just just played one season in the WHL after coming over from Europe. So these are all good things in his development developmental resume. And I think that he should stay down there in Providence for the whole season and then be a more of a factor in training camp next year to try to win a right wing position with possibly the departure of like a, a Craig Smith. Um, and, and Merkulov was, was good offensively moves the puck so well, so fast and so on. But really Keith Kincaid was, was the story for me uh, in on Friday night, just the way his reactionary saves were good pad saves directing it into areas that, you know, his rebound control was good. It wasn't directed into areas of, of concern or a lot of traffic where, uh, you know, the, the Islanders can fire it right back on him and, and possibly score a goal. Uh, the defense out in front of him, I thought Kai Wisman had a, had a good game. He was a little, he was physical, good position. Um, but, you know, a work in progress and so on. Jack Ashan flying around, just buzzing around that place. And um, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, good opener. Great way to start the the uh, 2022-23 AHL season. Um, the the um, the Providence Bruins have a game uh, against Springfield at the Mass Mutual Center this afternoon at 3 p.m. So I'm guessing Kyle Kaiser will get that call. And uh, and all this action I'm going to be talking about on my uh, my game recap on the Providence Hockey Report coming up this week. Probably going to record that tomorrow or tuesday and drop it on wednesday so it'll be dropped midweek please go over there and listen to the providence hockey report on apple podcast and spotify and iHeartRadio and all those uh my first episode was last week i was nervous as fuck but um i i I don't do very good individual i like doing what we're doing right here you know but uh, reading off of a teleprompter. I bought all new equipment and so on. So it's it, it, it's it's a work in progress. So hopefully people enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important for folks out there to get to know what's going on with the uh, the, the minor pro system. And, um, and if you'd follow that, the, the AHL 
Bruins Report on Twitter and uh, give me a subscribe on the uh, listening platforms. I'd certainly appreciate it because I yep. like to I like to share the stuff that I learn and I see with uh, the people that are interested. So, yeah, especially nowadays, because you have, um, you know, even if you don't want to buy the package to watch the AHL games, um, Mark's coverage that he's going to have on the uh, Providence Bruins um, Journal product podcast that he's doing here is going to be. Uh, top notch. It's going to keep you involved with everything that you need to know about your future Bruins. It's the best time to do that because you have guys like Georgie Merkulov, Georgie Merkulov. I had to do a shout out, Dom. Uh, shout out, Dom. And uh, Fabian Lysel, um, you know, guys like that. Jack Ashan, who's out there. There's other players I could go on and on, but there's a lot of good players. This is a really good team. And you want to keep up with how these players are doing, especially guys like Mark McLaughlin. Um, you know, people like that. So it's um, going to be very interesting and um, I'll be watching. I know you guys probably won't hear this before three o'clock, but for the, uh, well, maybe we'll throw something out on Twitter that you can watch today's game for free with yep. a free AHL TV. Um, you can sign up for free for a free AHL TV. Um, um, Streaming package. A, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't have to buy anything. You can make your account for free. Um, and you can watch today's game for free at three o'clock. So definitely yep. check that out if you're interested. Um, and maybe if you want a little break from the Patriots game or something like that, it's um, it'll be there for you. But yeah, um, I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm going to be watching that game. So it'll yeah, and and the AHL TV package is a real affordable thing. It's not like uh, back in the day when New Leon was running it and it was like three hundred fifty dollars for the whole package, and that was the only thing that you could buy. It's really come down. I mean, you can get a home and away whole season without playoffs for sixty four dollars. Yep. I mean, it's really that it's really cheap, and the quality is decent enough for a streamer and so on. You get the you get an idea of what players are doing and so on. They get decent camera angles and blah blah blah. So, um, it you know, don't be a stat watcher all the time. Get the eye test going because it it's important to to know these next guys up. You know that are down there developing. And learning the systems as as young aspiring hockey hockey players, so it's fun. I like the minor pro system, and I like reporting on it. And hopefully, people enjoy it. For all the listeners here, real quick, what did you feel about? Because this is what everyone's question is going to be all year long. How is Fabian Lysel doing? How did you feel about his first pro game? I thought he was engaged, uh, and I thought he was he was fast. Um, he was really heady on the puck and so on. But like I said, there was, there was times when you saw him away from the puck and, and in, in tough situations where you thought he could be a little bit better, but those are just, those are, you know, you have to, you have to crawl before you run. And and that's all I can say about him is I'm not, I'm not going to yell bust or anything like that because he didn't make the NHL squad out of camp and so on. I just think that it's a solid work in progress. He's grown a little bit more. He's, he's, Cross the six foot barrier and uh, he moves very well. It's just how he's going to adjust the, his game to uh, different ages and how, how these players in the American hockey league are going to lean on him. And it's going to be hard. It, the, the game's going to come at you so much faster than it will playing for Vancouver and the dub. And, you know, I think by the small sample size of a game, I mean, the guy scored his first goal on his first shot in his first game, you know, and, and the way he got it was he used his speed to, to create a gap coming in. I think it was on a two on one and just kind of rifled it by the goaltender. And it was just a thing of beauty. Let's hope it continues. 
let's hope a, a player like Fabian Lysel plays so well done in Providence that the Boston Bruins management have to acknowledge that and 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 he'll be the next man up if somebody needs coverage like like maybe they might not think of Craig Smith maybe they might think of Fabian Lysel to get that top those top lines put him with the best players available that's just a really good um development you know developmental thing that you can do with a young player this is put him next to Bergeron and Martian if healthy obviously yeah and and Bruins fans don't don't be discouraged by that either when it comes to the play away from um away from the puck or in the defensive zone because even players because this is the player that everyone likes to kind of um you know use as a measuring stick for Fabian Lysel regardless if it's warranted or not is David Pasternak and when he was young just kind of stepping into the league into his first training camp, that guy didn't know his ass from the from the defensive zone. So, you know, that guy had a lot of work that needed to be done. He went down to Providence and he lit up Providence and he he ended up getting his shot up here, regardless of how he played away from the puck or not. You know, he was like a deer on the ice. He was always getting hit, but the kid could put the puck in the net. The kid had so much offensive skill. So definitely do not be discouraged by, you know, the flaws in this game that still need to be worked out because that can be done both in Providence and up at the NHL level. So he doesn't have to be this complete perfect player before he's able to come up to the NHL. Uh, But I think a full year in Providence definitely would be very beneficial to him because he is not David Pasternak. So we need to not expect him to be in this lineup by November, you know? So, you know, give, give him some time, let him marinate and let's see how he does down there. A little more um, minor pro hockey talk from the Boston Bruins organization. The ECHL Maine Mariners start their second season as the double a minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins on Friday night. Uh, new head coach Terrence Walline and and former Maine Mariner player is uh, behind the bench for in his rookie season. So it should be interesting on how that level plays. They got some really good complimentary players: um, Pat Shea, Matt Santos, and and um, um, and Brandon Bussy. Brandon Bussy will be down in uh, Maine. He was uh, demoted after um, appearing in the. Uh, uh, training camp for the Providence Bruins. So the tandem in Providence is is set right now with Keith Kincaid and Kyle Kaiser, which is not a bad tandem to have. So I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm also looking forward to uh, Brandon Bussey's game, a game up at in Maine uh, and see where he goes from there because he's currently under a, an AHL-only contract. Um, no, he's under entry level for one year. So uh, this would be a big evaluation for him, and if he plays well in the in the uh, in the coast, uh, I think he could possibly get some extra time uh, with the Boston Bruins organization at some kind of capacity, whether it be the AHL or or who knows uh, if uh, if he's the and ne- the next guy that could possibly bump uh, Leonis Allmark uh, if you need uh, cap relief in the future, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I think that's it for us. Uh, Kevin, I don't think I have anything else. I was up till two in the morning taking notes on uh, everything, and hopefully everybody enjoyed this uh, episode 301. Uh, glad to have you. Hopefully we get Dom back. I know you asked Dom um, uh, last night if he could give us 10 or 15 minutes, but he was busy. But sooner or later, we do have to see if he can at least come on and make an appearance and just say hi. And, um, you know, we can 
wish him well. We always do anyway. Every day we kind of mm-hmm. keep tabs on him and so on. But absolutely. You know. um, one last thing I do want to kind of throw out there. Go for it. A, a little bit more on Brad Marchand and uh, what what is going on with him at practice. Uh, per Fluto Shinzawa, he does say the first full team practice, uh, about 20 minutes for Brad Marchand, he was not holding back at all. Wow. That is extremely amazing news. Um, and the second from per Steve Conroy, it looks like Marshan is participating in everything, including smaller space two on two drills. Jesus. <laughs> Boy, that pivot point that I was talking about earlier is really getting tested, eh? Yeah. Uh, he is um Jesus. he is really, really going out there. And um he's a freaking animal. I'm telling you, he's a freaking animal. Do do I dare say we see him? Early in November, jeez. I mean, I mean the way he's he's out there in a regular sweater and he's doing everything. Now, this is not me saying he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow, but at this point, I'm not going to rule out the second the calendar turns to November, he's in the lineup. Oof. I'm not ruling it out at this point. I mean, hearing stuff like this, I mean, how can you not? How can you not? He's not in a non-contact sweater. That right. needs to be completely thrown out there right now. He is not in a non-contact sweater. He is in a regular, I am here to practice like the rest of you, sweater. <laughs> that is like, I'm so anxious to get this done. I need to get going. <laughs> he must, He. I mean, he must feel great. And the doctors must be backing that up because there is no way in hell this organization would be rushing him. Oh, no way. Hey, um, not to cut you off, but I do. I did want to put this up here, talking about the Providence Bruins. This was the um, the lineup for Friday night, so this was pretty much on who made the team and so on. But it was uh, Vinny Letary centering Mark McLaughlin on the left, Lysel on the on the right. The second line was Beecher centering uh, Toporowski on the left, Steen on the right. Uh, Una Kampanen, uh centering Wagner on the left. Brazo, who had an amazing game on Friday night, had two helpers for a big guy on the right side. Uh, and this was a weird line for the fourth line. Samuel Asleen, Georgie Merkulov, and Curtis Hall. Um, don't know why that happened, but there's, there's just serious depth right there when you think about all four lines, regardless of where a, a certain player is. Uh, on the defense on Friday night, uh, uh, Sean and Visman, uh, Renouf and Didier made your second pairing, and Wolf and Connor Carrick made your third pairing, and Keith Kincaid got the start while Kaiser was the backup. So I'll give you an idea of who the players that made it out of uh, Providence Bruins training camp. Obviously, um, Alex Olivia Voyer and J.D. Greenway and um, – other players, uh, you know, they're going to be extras and so on that weren't in the lineup, but they'll probably get cycled through uh, in games when the Providence Bruins have three straight on the weekend. So I just wanted to to add that a little bit to see uh, the pairings and so on so the folks can hear about it and see it if this video ever makes it to YouTube with the technical difficulties we've had. <laughs> but, um, hey, that that's going to be episode 301. I, I Thank you very much, Kevin. As always, this was a fun talk. Uh, good to talk about some regular season games uh, to get underway and, and talk about the upcoming week where it's going to be a test. It's going to be four games, against uh, one against Florida, the Ottawa Senators, Anaheim, and Minnesota. 
to round out the upcoming week's action. If you want to get involved in any of that action, please go to betonline.ag and use that code CLNS50. And uh, if you're drinking on any of the nights and you want to wake up feeling refreshed and so on, check out Can I Wellness and use the code BNG25 to save yourself 25% off of everything on the website. Um, also, Bruce Sullivan, we thank him as well for uh, being a continued partner with us and, and supplying us with the hand-signed jerseys, fully authenticated. Uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia is the place to go. But let's talk about our Patreon account real quick. We do have a Patreon going on if folks want to financially support us. That is patreon.com slash podcast. And what we do is we take a dollar per episode from you. And we turn it into paying the bills a little bit here. And then in the other half, we turn it into buying some really cool stuff to give back to you as a way to say thanks. And don't forget, this prize pack, we're giving away the Ray Bork bundle uh, the, the end of this month. And I know a lot of folks have been asking about it. So we're going to get this uh, rolling at the end of the month. It's going to be a good one. And uh, get on board. Like I said, it's only a dollar. And please go to patreon.com slash podcast to be eligible if you're active on a, on a drawing, then you have the chance to win. So like I said, it's only a dollar. We do about four to six episodes a month. So it's only, it's a real small investment, but we would certainly appreciate it. The more the merrier, my friends. We just love giving away stuff. Yes, sir. All right. That is episode 301. Um, everybody be safe. Uh, it was a really good first two games. Good inter- uh, interactions on Twitter. Some positive, some negative, but that's the way it is with the internet and in its undefeated ways these these days. But um, Kevin, you I hopefully you have a good week, and we'll talk next next week, which uh, next Sunday we're gonna have a ton of shit to talk about. This might be oh, a yeah. four hour program next week. So oh, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But anyway, like I said, please stay safe. Uh, thank you everybody for sharing the interactions, um, the, the 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 financial support. Um, we, we truly appreciate all of our, our listeners and fans and, and the Bruins Nation, the ones that are cool enough to talk to, actually. But um, that being said, thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week and peace out. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at blackandgoldpod at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Mm-hmm.